good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world listening to this. Welcome to the Sunday League podcast. Change of uh, direction on this episode due to Scott ditching us to be in a rainforest, um, swimming with some crocodiles, as he's just sent us nicely on WhatsApp. So good luck to Scott. Um, hopefully he comes back alive and he can do the next episode and host it as well, because this is this is very scary. Uh, joining me today on the pod um, is Super Danny Wops. Um, Dan, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Adam. Uh, still a little bit worried about Scott, like like you mentioned previously. It's I'm just hoping he's back soon. I think uh, it's been a different uh, setup this week, hasn't it? So uh, yeah, hopefully those crocodiles don't don't eat all of his body anyway. So yeah, I'm happy yeah. to be here. Well, I wonder okay? if he's got any of that gold blanche stuff he uh, keeps drinking. Uh, it must taste horrible, but it's the local delicacy. So it must just be me being negative about that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm well, thanks, Dan. I'm not I'm not too bad. What are you um What are you drinking tonight? Well, Scott normally has a good guess, but uh, you may not be of that uh, omen. So yeah, I've got a uh, Colin tonight. <laughs> what, are you, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking um, the Yorkshire tea. Um, I thought, no, Scott, so I'm going to bend the rules and I'm just going to have a nice cup of tea. Uh, hard, day, hard day at work. So, yeah, tea. Tea for me. A strong one, I hope. Yeah, builder's tea. Um, anyone else that has anything different, not not a massive fan. Uh, so, And people that have sugars, not happy with that either. Anyway, less of my uh, my boring tea. Let's get into the um, the scores on the doors for last weekend. Um, I think we're going to take it differently. So we're going to try and just go through the teams and give our opinions. It's not going to be as, as detailed on, on this special episode. So um, let's start with the Brentford Forest game, Dan, with the uh, late Brentford comeback. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It, yeah, it was a very late comeback, wasn't it? Uh, I think watching the game, I was, uh, as as you know, uh, we're avid Leicester fans, so we were all uh, hoping for the Brentford win. But this one didn't go straight to plan, did it? With obviously Forrest getting the goal just before half time. I think uh, we get the chap, oh, Danilo that scored. But uh, yeah. it's two and two for him now. Yeah, and I was looking at the stats of this and it seemed like Brentford were absolutely controlling the game. I was like, I was shocked to see when I uh, refreshed my BBC Sport app and it came up with uh, Forest leading at half-time. But touch wood, uh, it came in at, at the full-time and Brentford was somehow winning. And obviously, I, then I watched the highlights that come the end of it. I thought, well, Brentford, uh, well, Forest got away a little lightly, I think. But yeah, you know, what about yourself? Yeah, definitely. And um, obviously, once again, I think last weekend it was Bradford that let us down in our in our group bet for roughly about four hundred pound between the six of us. But this weekend, me and uh, me and Scott didn't submit a team in time, so we um, we used two teams from last weekend's prediction here on the podcast. But one of the teams we had on there was Brentford. Um, all the other teams were coming in. Brentford were losing one nil, but then two uh, two late goals ensured that we won the whopping one hundred and two pound pot 
split between six of us. So I'm um, um, I was when Forrest went one nil up and seeing this how late the goals had gone in in the game, I I honestly thought that was it. I thought I thought we were... Yeah, I couldn't believe it really. Yeah, what well, I think it was was it a ninety fourth minute goal from the silver? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and wasn't actually the greatest of finishes, to be honest. I think it took a deflection as it went in. Keeper got beat at the near post. And you just like, it didn't seem like Brentford were actually really ever going for it, if that makes sense. I think you look at where they are in the league and they've probably come to a point in the season where they're happy with their position, aren't they? They're Premier League next year. And yeah, I think any team that's actually, if, any teams have got to still play them. I think they'll be quite happy to go to Brentford and give them a chance, really, won't they? So, yeah, definitely. I do think Brentford's form um, has, has dropped off a bit. At one point, they were playing really well, and they were, they were up there at least in the top top seven, um, dropping down to the ninth now, which I think that's where they'll be for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. Right. Um, next game, Dan. Where do you want to go on that one? Uh, I think, uh, should we go to the uh, St. James's Park? Yeah, well, yeah, let's uh, go to St. James's. Uh, obviously, Newcastle beating Southampton 3 1. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, again, a very strong Newcastle performance. I, I kind of seen it as as soon as they uh went 1 0 down, I, I just told myself, I don't think some uh, Southampton are going to do it again like they did against Arsenal, and I kind of assumed that Newcastle would just go on and, and win this match. Callum Wilson getting getting two again and um, a lovely Theo Walcott own goal. I don't think he realises that he's going to be scoring in the, the opposite. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, lovely. I don't know if <laughs> we describe it like that. <laughs> but the, 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 the stats in the game, it's Southampton four shots, three shots on target. It, it just sounds like that's a relegated team and I know I've been harsh on Southampton for the duration of this podcast, but they've just not got enough firepower. And I was I was I was talking to the lads on the way home from the game that Southampton have won six. I don't I don't know who the other two wins were against, but two of them were against Chelsea and two of them were against Leicester. So you kind of think, wow, how, how did they beat both them teams, both home yeah. and away, and be so bad at the back? And when they were at the King Power. Trey Adams tore us apart and it looked a good side. But I think that's when that Ralph Hasenhut was in charge. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I agree with you there. I think, I don't think Trey uh, Adams has been playing for the last couple of games. I think he played at the weekend and I think he had a, a goal disallowed, didn't he, as well at the weekend. So Yeah, against Bournemouth, yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, they have missed him. And they, they just miss goals, like you say, it's... They're just not prolific enough, are they? And when you're down there at the bottom, it's the problem is, well, as much as it is keeping clean sheets, a lot of them struggle to score as well. They're just not scoring enough and they don't have an out-and-out striker. So, yeah, like you say, I was was shocked to see the uh, Southampton leading at half-time. But, yeah, it just, it came, it felt a bit like when you see Man City losing, I think. Yeah. You're, you you just expecting Newcastle you're expecting it to come up on the Gillette Soccer Saturday of Newcastle scoring at any point. And I think what it must have killed it when it was uh two goals in about two minutes, the second and the third, I think. Yeah. 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 And then after that, I think it was a foregone conclusion, wasn't it? 
Yeah, what, so Wilson equalised in the uh, 54th and then Walcott's own goal, 79th and then the... the it was game over then. Yeah, 81st minute was the, the third goal. I um, think you've got to realise, obviously, Newcastle are going for Champions League and this is some, uh, well, unknown territory for them lot, isn't it? But boy, are the, the, those uh, Geordies are some cracking fans, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, here's one for you, Dan. Would Would you take Che Adams back at, at well, not back at Leicester, but in, at, at Leicester, just for the fact he's a local. Well, apparently he's a local guy, but somehow Scottish. Um, would you Would you have him at Leicester if we if we were to go in for him? I've I've uh, it's a strange one because obviously as a Leicester fan, I've, I've got used to as being more top half. I think if you go in as a top half team, then probably not. Unfortunately, I think, but then going as a realistic Leicester fan, I think uh, next year potentially, well, as as we know, we're still not safe in this league. But uh, all right, let me let me rephrase it then. Let me say if if both Southampton and Leicester go down, and we need that striker to replace Daka, essentially Vardy, maybe Inacho because he could oh, you take him then. Down. Yeah, hands yeah. down, it would be a great championship player. Yeah, he's one of those that I wouldn't be surprised if a newly promoted side snapped him up. Yeah. Handy player. So, uh, if we go to Bournemouth, hammered Leeds at the weekend and the shocking result. But did anyone see that coming? Can I ask, why is it shocking? The manager of the year, <laughs> Gary O'Neill, has just demolished uh, a lead side that... Well, I've looked into this in games now. I'm going to read these out to you. Man City away. Uh, Newcastle at home. West Ham away and Spurs at home. For me, 100% down. Ooh, yeah. uh, obviously, as we're doing this recording, the Garcia hasn't been confirmed as sacked. But uh, from my uh, knowledge on uh, Talk Sport, obviously I've been speaking to Alan Brazilla quite often. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's still not confirmed that Sam Allardyce, I think, is the reported manager to be coming in there. And, I just, I just think, to be honest, I think it's too late for them. To be honest, yeah. If I was Sam Allardyce, I, I, I wouldn't be looking at going Leeds. I, I, no, why would you? I, I reckon if it was um, eight games to go, ten games to go, I'll, I'll, I'll get Allardyce in then. I mean, I, I would have wanted them at Leicester if I'm honest. Um, but yeah. where do you realistically see them picking up points other than West Ham away? That's your easy game in that four and. Going to what the London Stadium is not an easy game. Yeah, yeah, that they've they've got they've got one of the harder runnings. I, I didn't team I keep seeing pop up is West Ham. Uh, I know I know Leicester have got them to play. Leeds have got them to play. Um, I'm sure they've got Forest to play as well. Uh, Sorry, let let's just we we're scraping around here a little. It's uh, I think we're taking it away from Bournemouth here. This. This win was massive, and I think I've read now that uh, they're secure from being relegated due to other teams playing one another below them. But yeah, yeah, I, I think our colleague Scott will not like it, but I think he's probably took over Unai Emery as Scott's <laughs> manager of the season. Surely Gary O'Neill has now got to have a good, good, good go for it now, hasn't he, Adam? Yeah, he's uh he's he's doing all right. Uh I think he took over Bournemouth when they just beat um lost to Liverpool nine nil. So at that point you kind of have looked at it saying is it's destined to go wrong. 
but he's definitely turned turned it around and uh, got people on his side. I think in this game, though, you've got to look at the two keepers. I think this Melio was a chap that I rated quite highly. I thought Leeds got a good keeper in him. Uh, yeah, he's been poor this season. He, I think he flapped at one of the goals at the weekend. I just don't think that Leeds defence have got any confidence in him. I think they're they're trying to outscore teams and don't get me wrong, they do score goals, but uh, they're just not scoring enough, are they? And Yeah, then you've got Neto uh, for Bournemouth in goal, uh, former Fiorentina keeper. I thought he was on the books at Barcelona, but I'm not 100% sure about that. But any keeper at Bournemouth level playing for a Fiorentina or potentially Barcelona. I think that was a great signing. And I think he kept him in the game at points at the weekend. So yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. win. Definitely. No, I think I think Melier will become a good goalkeeper. He's only 23. Um he, he could go he could easily move to another club and secure with a bit more experience in the Premier League. I think I think he'll get better. He's you know a young goalkeeper. I don't think he'll ever be French number one but France number one but uh We'll soon see. Well, Adam, let's forget about all of those. Uh, let's discuss our game. Oh, uh, yeah. We both went to it uh, well, Monday uh, evening, bank holiday. So uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Leicester-Everton? Uh, disappointed. Very disappointed. Um, I'm not disappointed in the way we played. I'm just disappointed that in the last two games we've only picked up two points. I think we should have beat Leeds. And when you look at all the other teams hammering Leeds, I think we should have done it as well. Everton, we should we should have we should have put the game to bed at half time. And and that could have been six points that we we've pulled away. And that six points could have lifted us up the table, just as close to Bournemouth, uh, where you're talking about how Bournemouth are being safe now. Um I don't understand how Everton didn't win, though, at the same time. The saves that Iverson had made, the miss of the season from uh, Dom, as uh, Sean Dice referred to him on the radio last night, is how Dom didn't score that goal. I think I would have done better on Sunday. Um, I mean, Iverson, was he in some form or what, Dan? Denmark's number one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think you... Yeah, it's difficult... Yeah, I, lo- I love Leicester to bits, but then you've got to look at it as a situation a bit where it's the last two games have been teams are, are down there. I think Leicester as nervous. I think we'd have probably got a better game if we were playing a team that wasn't in the relegation scrap. I think Leicester are more nervous, whether they're more nervous to attack them because they're a team that if they're caught on the counter, this is potentially a six-pointer game. Is it more important to draw the game? Leicester in a bit better situation than what Le- well, Everton and Leeds are, aren't they? It's, uh, yeah. It'd have been worse if we'd have lost it than if we hadn't have won it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think I'm just seeing it from my point of view that we could have had six points here and we could have been far, far away from the bottom three teams. One of well, them we could have lost them as well. If they'd have pushed that... For, that if we'd have pushed more, we we open up at the back. And I think that's where Leicester, they're in a stronger position than Everton and Leeds are. That's what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah. What 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 do you think to the uh, Jordan Pickford water bottle cheating hack? I think it's irrelevant. I, they, really? they get told they get told this from their coach all all week. And if he hasn't got it on the water bottle, he's going to write it on his glove foot. He's going to write it on his arm. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. Or they're going to pass the note onto the pitch. Yeah, I, with... but I'd much rather that happen because then you know you're getting it from the assistant. To me, it it should be it should be reviewed in the changing room before kickoff, and then it's up to him to remember. It's like Madison don't have Madison doesn't have like a piece of paper that says, "Oh, Pickford dives to the left sixty percent of the time, so put it to his right." Like if you put it in that aspects. How how are the players going to start getting around that? Because technically the keeper's got an advantage on a penalty situation, which is there to penalise the opposition for committing a foul. And if he's there with his cheat sheet, he's got the advantage. It's not a penalty anymore. He's not got a cheat sheet. Madison can shoot where, which way he wants. Yeah, but is this, is that, this, was, that was a poor penalty. Oh, yeah. I think we're beating around the bush here. That was a poor penalty. And also my argument here is that I was watching that penalty and I thought Leicester, Leicester City should go onto the pitch at the first minute knowing who is taking that penalty. We had three people potentially step up for that penalty. I think Tillemans grabbed the ball. Yeah. I think I was expecting Vardy to take it. He was the most formed player on that night at that time. And yeah. he's our number nine. Uh, for me, a striker. It, if he's not taking it, there's some problem anyway. But uh, yeah, got, okay. So then Tillerman should take it. Why has Madison took it off him? It, I don't get me wrong. I think he's been the best player going on in last games. But at this point, that is just. It's just you know who is taking that penalty and. Leicester City didn't, and that's added more pressure yeah, to Madison. You, you see, I think the Tillemans thing, he did he did this before, didn't he? Where I think he does it to take the stick from Pickford or the goalkeeper at that moment. I agree with you that um, Vardy should have been taking the penalty because he's always been our penalty taker and he he never seems to let us down. Um but then Dean Smith did come out after the game and says if um if Inacho is on the pitch. He's the penalty taker. If it's not him, it's Madison. He, so I think they've, I think they've always known that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna move us on because I don't want us to ramble on about Leicester and make this the Leicester podcast. Um, but also, I'm just gonna say, I'm still again, uh, I'm still for the old school striker. Just smash the ball. <laughs> don't try and place it. But yeah, let's move on, Adam. <laughs> Right, elsewhere, Harry Wilson's assist wasn't good enough as the Man City juggernaut go marching on. Whoops, it wasn't quite the draw that I predicted last week, but Fulham did push them a bit and, you know, it did go 1-1. Was it a comfortable 2-1 win for Man, uh, Man City? I think the scoreline flatters uh, Fulham a little here. I think when I was watching the game, it was, yeah, like, like you said, it's... I was pleased for you because Harry Wilson got the assist. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I thought it was quite straightforward, really. I, I felt like, uh, all the, although as Leicester fans, as everyone knows, I love Riyad Mahrez now. And it's it's got to the point where I think he's seen as a bit of a bit part player. So I, I kind of felt like Man City were resting players. It wasn't their strongest eleven, but don't get me wrong, I think... Uh, well, you, you say 
resting players for Man City. And I think they've got probably 20 players that would still better most teams in the league. But, so yeah. With, with Man well, City having them two games uh, in hand over Arsenal, um, who, as, as we are currently recording this, have just gone 2-0 up against Chelsea, which is wow. a lovely result. Uh, hopefully Arsenal can push on. It oh, like they have done recently. Yeah, they yeah. go two in a loop and then uh, loot a draw. Yeah, it looks like a dominant uh, dominance performance here from uh, Arsenal, which they could go on and now get a third. Look at that! You're getting a live scoring as we uh, talk. Uh, no, so we'll, we'll, we'll skip talking about this. So my my <laughs> my, my point was going to be that. Uh, what is it now? Two one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, my point was going to be. Oh, it's now 3-0. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I didn't even realise that, but... Yeah, sorry, cool. sorry to go off topic there. Now, my point, my question to you, Dan, was going to be, with them having the two games in hand over Arsenal, excluding this result that's taking place now, do you see Man City thinking that they've easily got this in the bag and start resting players, such as when they're playing these these lesser teams? No, To be honest, Adam, no, I don't. Uh I think you just, you've got two different teams here, really. Because Man City have got proven cup winners. They've done it before. They know what the pressure of winning the league is. Whereas I think it's still all, there's a few in that, well, not a few. I think a lot in that Arsenal team where, well, you work through that team and you're like, have they won a trophy like a major Premier League before? Whereas Man City know what to do to get over the line. I think I think they'll just keep ticking. But yeah, no, I did think they'd struggle tonight. So I'm happy from your update of the 3 0 <laughs> win at the moment. But uh yeah, I thought this would be a different pressure. Obviously, Arsenal now being in second position, going to try and get back to top, but yeah, I still see it being a Man City win for the season, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to the, I would call it the speed round, that Scott likes to call it, the 90 seconds. But we're going to scrap the 90 seconds and we're going to carry on kind of what we've just been doing uh, with with those four games just mentioned above. Uh, five. Games. I don't know how Scott will feel about that. No, he, you know, I did you a script. You should you have might... stuck with that. He might not have much to say if he's been eaten by the crocodile. <laughs> let's let's go to the uh, League One ground, the uh, the Amex Stadium. Dan, wow, what a win! Six nil. Normally yeah. the uh, the seagulls aren't that aggressive, but clearly they want to be the uh, the bird of prey during this game. I feel like I should give a mention to uh, Alexi Ma- McAllister. Is it Alexi McAllister yeah. or? Yeah, the Scottish. Uh, we're not great with the pronunciations, but uh, yeah, well, he got dropped this week, didn't he? So uh, it was a bit. It was a bit different. I was. I was shocked to when I was uh, watching it on the score updates. I was like, that team that Deserbi had put out. I thought, wow, that is going to struggle. I was like, well, I need uh, whatever bets people have got on. Take Brighton off them because that was worrying me for sure. But boy, did he prove us wrong! So yeah, uh, yeah de- definitely. So great. I didn't. I've, I don't ever see Brighton being that kind of team that scores six. Uh, no, I don't. I mean, Danny Welbeck on on the double again. 
Uh, he, I, I still would rate him as a top striker. You think where he's been? Man U, Arsenal, Brighton. Um, I think has he been anywhere else other than that, or is he? Because it, it's his injuries that lets him down, isn't it? Dan? Yeah, it is. It is. Because any player that is wanted by Alex Ferguson, I think you've got to have some talent, really, haven't you? Like we're talking about the best manager in the world, and if he thinks you've got a bit of talent, some someone's got to say, yeah, Danny Welbeck's a very good player. Whether he's the top four kind of player, but well, Brighton are getting the best out of him, aren't they? He's, he's, he's 32. He's got years of experience in the Premier League. He's, he's, he has been at Watford as well. So he only made 18 appearances for them with two goals. Uh, but the, the experiences he's got, the players that he's played with through Man United, with Rooney, um, Arsenal, I'm sure he played with uh, Van Persie. He probably played with Alexis Sanchez. And now he's at Bright, Brighton. He's 32. He's not getting any younger. But I tell you what, I would, I would have him. I think he knows where to find the goal. Adam, uh, just asking a question for you. But obviously the players that he dropped, is this one now that... Uh, potentially going next season, obviously, if they were to make Europe, uh, would they probably cash in on some of the players that they uh, rested today? Uh, rested at the weekend, sorry. Bear in mind, they've got Matoma that they rested, McAllister that they rested, and they rested Moises Casado. Bear in mind, Casado, I believe, was under uh, quite a big offer I don't know who from, but in January or yeah, it was Chelsea or Arsenal. I think it was one. It was one of them. It, it's, it's, they're not. A, they're not a club that are known for money. No. So would you going into Europe next year if they were to make Europe? Would you cash in on one of those? Yeah, I, I don't. It, it's hard because I think Solly March has just signed a new deal. I think Pascal Gross has signed a new deal. So they're starting to lock these players down, but you've not heard any contract renewals from those players you just mentioned. I think it will be hard, but you've got to, as a Brighton player and a Brighton fan, you've got to kind of hope, are they going to stay and at least do the Champions League run with, with us? And a lot of these players are still young. They're not, they're not old like Danny Welbeck. They're, they're, they've got plenty of time. And if they have a good season in the Champions League, they'll easily get, in a Man U, a Liverpool, an Arsenal, anyone can get in a Chelsea team at the minute. So <laughs> I, I think they might still hold on to these players for one more season. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because, like you say, well, I, well, I do agree, but I think some of them will be like Casado probably getting into the Euro a Europa t League team will be like if he was uh, offered the Arsenal position or something. Will he get the game time that he's getting at Brighton? And will he get the Will McAllister get the game time? It, it's a risky move, isn't it? I'll go back to the Marez one, but Marez didn't get the game time at Man City the first season that he moved from Leicester City. But yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think they may be able to persuade them into another season, to be honest. Well, so uh, I ask you the question now, Adam. What yeah. was your thoughts on another big game at the top? Uh, probably the 
game going for uh, the fourth position or the last Champions League spot? We ask uh, Manchester United v Villa. Yeah, I think I get the feeling this is quite a boring game. Um, I think because it only had the one goal in it and it went in in the fourth minute as well. I need I need to kind of like put it as did did Villa just play well after the point that they conceded, or was it just the was it just a boring game? Like I I kind of I kind of think that it was the latter. I think that Villa just defended well. Um, I think they had a couple of chances, but nothing that really threatened uh, Man United's goal. I think they only had the one shot on target. Um, but the way Villa have been playing, I, I would I would take a one nil win. At, oh no, apologies. It was a a thirty ninth minute goal, not a fourth minute goal. I don't know where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> I, I I I think Villa played well, and it shows why where the. They're there in the league because of how they've been playing. I would much rather go to Old Trafford and lose one nil than get battered three or four nil. And yeah, they've done they've done well. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. To be honest, I think don't get me wrong. I think probably Manchester United dominated eighty uh, percent of the game, really. But uh, yeah, it shows how much the the Villa side have come on, doesn't it? Under under Unai Emery. I think if we're being honest, top four was out of the out of the question really for Villa. And I think they'll just be happy probably with a conference league run. I think well, with experience in, in the last what five years of just a European run. There's teams that have been out of Europe for so long now that will just enjoy a European trip away now. Uh, a lot of uh, husbands trying to get away from the wives for a midweek holiday, and now that now a lot of Villa fans have probably got that excuse coming up. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, look looking at the league table, obviously only two points off Liverpool. Um, yeah, uh, and we'll, obviously we'll move we'll move on to that game next, the Liverpool Tottenham game because it was a it was a thriller. But two two points from Europe. They're, they're currently a point from the. Um, well, they're currently sat in uh, a Europa Conference League uh, position, but you've Is also it the top seven. The what's the Europe? What's the Conference League? Uh, I think it's top six, and then it it goes down to then who's won the cups in in the division. Uh, yes, since, I uh, think the team that's got to be worrying now is Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. I mean t- Tottenham. I mean. Brighton, they've still got two games in hand on. Uh, they've got two games in hand on Liverpool and three games in hand on Tottenham, and they're only two points behind. I know, obviously, we were talking about Villa here, but going back to Brighton, right with Brighton's game uh, games in hand, they they could easily go up into fifth and comfortably have a gap between them. Yeah, I think the team. I think the teams in the top four are settled, don't you? Yeah, I, I think up until Manu beating Villa, then um, I, I was I was a bit doubtful. But now you yeah. look at the table, it's yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, Man City, Arsenal, Newcastle, and, and Manu in that uh, in that league table. Not not particularly in that order, but yeah, they're they're kind of like. So, so just in uh, questions to that, do you? Uh... Uh, so are we saying that that four-three uh, loss to Liverpool on uh, at the weekend was probably Tottenham's last chance for balloon? Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was almost like deja vu for Spurs. Um, going 3-0 down after 15 minutes, it could have just been a repeat of what Newcastle had done to them. Um, I don't know how they've managed to get back into that game. Um, it it was a good fight from Tottenham. I don't want to say that that's what they came back, like that that's what they're meant to do, but they, they showed a better performance in the second half than what they did against Newcastle. I don't know if it's the Ryan Mason effect because he's a, a Tottenham boy and he, he doesn't want that hammering or that humiliation. Uh, he, he, I was scrapping that. Uh, humiliation. Thank the swaps. Uh, I don't <laughs> think he wants that on his CV. and I wouldn't either. So whatever he said to the Tottenham lads at half-time clearly worked. Um, and unfortunately, I thought that was unlucky. I liked that Richarlison scored. I liked that he had his passion whipped his top off and jumped into the fans. I mean, the, the shushing was a bit too much, but um, yeah. what what a goal from Jota, who once again has scored. And whenever he has scored, the, the, the stat still remains that he's not lost. So he's he's done, he's done well for himself, Jota has. Um, yeah, I think they've been missing him for a while, haven't they, Liverpool? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that Jurgen Klopp's out for the season as well with that stupid run down the touchline. Bloody he's famous for that, isn't it? It's just uh, next time. I hope he goes in like a wheelchair or something, especially for the Leicester game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah, I do agree with you there. I think that's uh, the last chance. I think there's a few that, that was a big game for Tottenham to try and win, wasn't it? But yeah, seen the Harry Kane uh, interview afterwards, and he just looked. Uh, a bloke that was on his last legs, really. I, he doesn't look happy there. I think, how many years does he expect to go into that? The owner's, uh, the owner's office at the end of the season and then be told that they're going to invest money, they're going to win stuff next season. He, Adam, is this, is this the year that he goes? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think. I think. And where does he go? I think Man United. They they have they have an opening. Um, they they need him. I think there'll be a much better team with him in there. Uh, I I, I think it's, it's only going to be Man United. He, he won't go off. He won't go. Here's check. one for you. Uh, I, I obviously listen to Talksport every time I go into work. And uh, they're mentioning, obviously, it's not been confirmed yet, but Pochettino obviously got Tottenham to the Champions League final. It in probably the Tottenham's fans are still like love Pochettino. There would Harry Kane go back? Uh, well, would Harry Kane go and join him at Chelsea if he was to go? I don't think he would. Um, I think Chelsea. Why not? I think Chelsea are in the, exactly the same situation as Tottenham. Chairmans don't have a clue what they're doing. Um, obviously, Spurs fans hate Daniel Levy, and the Chelsea fans hate that Todd geezer. Um, but there's one chairman that is spending money. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, and I, I, the, the Chelsea side's too big. And when, yeah, when you're I Harry agree. Kane, you you want to be number one. And I think at Man United, he'll be number one. Man City has Haaland. Um, Chelsea would have Lukaku come back. Yeah, and and obviously all they're they're getting um, oh, the Red Bull winger. 
Uh, and Cuckoo. Oh, and Cuckoo. Yeah, awesome. you forget that he's going Chelsea at the end of the year. And you've got, oh, is he? Yeah, you've got Mudrick. You don't know what Yao Felix is going to be doing. I don't yeah. think he, he won't ever go to Arsenal. And I don't think he'll go to Chelsea just because of his Tottenham links. So the only place I really see him going is Man U or he goes abroad. And he'll be, he could easily be the replacement for Benzema. Finally, Wops, let's go to Palace West Ham, which we uh, tagged as the the, the Snorefest, was it? Well, unfortunately, this gets last on our pod just because of probably the situation that both of the teams are in. I I get they're probably lower mid-table, but this this was a great game, wasn't it? It's uh, Yeah, I think West Ham are now enjoying European football, they're in the semi-final of the Conference League. Obviously, as English fans, we obviously hope that uh, they'll win that competition. But, yeah, this is all about Roy's team, isn't it? Uh, he's yeah. got Zaha back after four games he's been out. This, But, yeah, this team is interesting. That Now, I just don't know where they go. Obviously, now they're safe and, uh, yeah, is Roy going to be the manager next year? I just... I don't. I get the the situation they were in. They've appointed Roy to keep them up, but now they've got to be looking at this and trying to progress for next year. And yeah. I don't see Roy Hodgson being the option. Yeah, I thought that's what they were going to try and do with uh, Vieira, uh, but obviously that that kind of went sour. But they're not. They're not entirely safe, um, West Ham. For me, they are though, Adam. Only, for me, they are. They're only four points. Only four points away from relegation. But they've got Man City, Man United, Brentford, Leicester and Leeds all to play. That's a hard running, especially when Leicester and Leeds are battling. Can you see them beating Man City and Man U? So are they going down for you? <laughs> I can't change my well, teams. As, as Scott would say, Adam's three teams have changed again. <laughs> I can't change him again, but I think West Ham will be safe. But on on paper, when you look at the teams, I don't see them beating Man City. Don't see them beating United. I don't see them beating Brentford because Brentford seems to get up for these local derbies. So, the last question of the podcast, then. So, as an owner of West Ham, you, Adam Harris, would sack David Moyes of keeping a West Ham team in the Premier League. And winning the Europa Conference League and getting your team into the Europa League for next year, he's now a free agent because you've sacked him. Yeah. Yeah. Free Euro, Euro, European football next year and you've sacked him. Yeah, because I think they're going to want to push on. I think they're going to want to push on and try and win it. Where's Scott when you need him? <laughs> right. Well, let's leave the podcast there. Yeah, because I'm getting angry. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Hopefully, Scott will be back on the next one. Um, obviously, it's something different. Me and Dan don't normally just do this uh, together. The third, the third man, Scott, is um, is is missing in action. He's the cog in it all. He is always the cog. Um, Dan, do you want to do the shout out to the Twitter or the Facebook page? Yeah, uh, keep following us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. I know Scott keeps updating the Twitter and I'm I'm uh, managing the Facebook as well. So, yeah, keep following and uh, tweeting or, yeah, sharing whatever you fans do. 
yeah, we appreciate it all. And yeah, keep listening and any feedback we get, we'll uh, take it on board and we'll uh, try and impress you lot the next week. Good work, Angry Dan. See you next week. Cheers.